Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome everyone to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. I'm so glad you've joined joined us today and um, we are going to talk about the great value and power that we have in grace and so before we start let's just pray take a moment to pray father thank you for this time thank you for your goodness thank you for bringing each person here today and lord i just ask that your holy spirit come and just speak that you touch each heart, you know, where each person is. And Father, that we discover, Lord, the great, amazing power of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the word grace is thrown around a lot in our society. Um, We hear it. We know people whose names are grace. I think it's a beautiful name. Um... We see it on signs in households. Um, We say grace before a meal um, sometimes. But what does it really mean? And as somebody that, you know, grew up in the church, um, I think my earliest memories of church were actually um, in, I think I was four years old. But those were some of my first memories. And then we moved to Utopia for about nine months when I was six, and I remember going to the little First Methodist Church there in Utopia, which isn't too far from where we are right now. But I grew up, and I heard the word grace all the time in church, but I didn't really understand what it meant and what it meant for me personally in my life and how to use it. But something I discovered was that grace to me is like a valuable coin and I didn't I forgot to grab a coin here but if I um, hold up let's see if I can find one real quick in my purse if I hold up a coin that coin in my little coin purse here that coin or if you take one out of your purse it has two sides okay all coins have two sides and that's pretty true if you go even around the world. Coins have two different different sides. And to me, grace is like a valuable coin. There's two sides of it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But number one in your note-taking, grace is, so what is it? It's the free and unmerited favor of God on the undeserving and its unmerited blessing. 
It's an unmerited blessing. Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God on the undeserving are unmerited blessings. <clears throat> you know, have you ever, has somebody just ever done something kind for you? And you're thinking, what did I do to deserve that? They just, they just do it. They give you a gift. They, um, they just do something that touched your heart. That is, that's grace. That's God's grace to you. And number two, grace is free. And it's a gift from God. You can earn it. And the key word is it is free. You can't even buy it. Can't even buy it. You know, some people think that if they do good works, they deserve more blessings. Or they take pride in the good deeds they did. Or they have pride in, well, I didn't do that. Or I'm not as bad as that person. Or I haven't done this or that. And one of the things, when I began to understand grace, I saw that I needed to repent because I had taken credit for things in my life that had really been the grace of God in my life. And I think our pride at times can get in the way of understanding grace. Um, you know, we can look, and for me personally, I thought, you know, well, I'm a pretty good person. Um, you know, I grew up, I was a good girl. Um, I was actually teased about that at times. And even as adult, I thought, okay, well, I didn't do drugs. I didn't do sex. I didn't do those kinds of things. And I had some, um, it was just pride is what self-righteousness is what it was. And the Lord showed me, he said, that's everything you have. That was my grace that helped you. That was the your parents' prayers. That was everything that we have and everything that we are. It's because of God's grace in our life. You know, 1 John, we're going to look at the Bible because that's the, the plumb line. John 1.17 says, But the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth were given by Jesus Christ. See, back in the, before Jesus came, you had to go to the temple, the priest, you had to, to interchange there. There were all, there were a lot of rules and God didn't just make up rules to make up rules. There were really reasons for a lot of those things, but the law was given by Moses. But then when Jesus came, a whole new era of grace and truth were issued and ushered in to us. In Ephesians 2 verses 8, it tells us, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. No one can boast. And right here what this shows us is it's God's grace and his mercy on our lives that even drew us to him. Everyone has a choice. 
God offers the gift of salvation to each and every one of us. And it's simple. It's inviting Christ to come into your heart and be Lord of your life and saying, God, I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And I want to walk with you. Teach me how you do life. And that is the grace of God. And it's available to each and every one of us. Um, and if I had to describe grace, I think in, in, in this scripture, Ephesians 2 verse 8 in my own version, I decided to write this out in my own version. It's like Jesus tells us, hey, I want to give you something. Let me have your sin and I'll bless you with eternal life. I'll give you a relationship with me. You never have to be alone. I'll give you a new identity and power to do things that you can't do in and of yourself. Oh, and by the way, these things are free and new to you every morning. Man, that is the goodness and grace of the God we serve. What a trade. I'll take your sin. I'll take your failures. I'll take your mess ups. And I'll give you eternal life, relationship with me. You'll never be alone. And I'll heal your heart. That is what grace is. John, James 1, 17 tells us, says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, I'm going to read that again. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Where do the good and the perfect gifts come from in our life? They come from the Lord, from his kindness, from his mercy. Coming down from the Father, all that we have in our lives that is good is from God. Do you realize that? All that we have is because of his goodness. And, you know, even your talents, we all have different talents. We're all gifted in, in different ways. But even your talents are a gift from God. We can't take credit for anything in our lives. When you understand that the grace of God is what enables us each and every day. Romans 5, 17 through 20. I want to read this to you. It says, For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through one man, Adam sinned, is what it's talking about there, how much more shall we receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign through one man, Jesus Christ? So all of this came through Jesus and because of him. And then it goes on in verse 20, and it says, The law was brought so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased even more. You know, the fact that we have forgiveness, now that doesn't mean, okay, I go out and sin because I'll repent tomorrow. No, when you walk with the Lord, you want to do the things that honor his heart. But do we mess up? Absolutely. I do. Each and every one of us do. And when we do, when we get an attitude, when we, you know, do something that we're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Um, 
right then and there, we can go to the Lord and say, Lord, will you please forgive me? That wasn't your heart. I didn't act like you would act in that situation. Have any of y'all been there? You know, where you're like, oh my goodness. Everything we have is because of his grace. And it is his grace that enables us to do what we don't, we can't do in and of ourselves. And you might be sitting there and saying, you know, but I look at all the bad things that have happened in my life. And, and you might be sitting there saying, well, did God forget me? Or why, you know, why did this happen? Or how did this happen? And I'm going to challenge you. I think perhaps you haven't, like me, opened your eyes to see how God was right there with you in your difficulty. Hard things and bad things can happen to good people. And sometimes we can be almost bewildered. How did this happen? How did I get here? And yet we're not looking around to see where God is in the middle of our situation. And I promise he's right there. If you're having trouble and you're in a difficult situation right now, stop and ask him, Lord, where are you in this? Help me to see you and see what you want to work in me and out of me. What you want to teach me. Because God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent in his power. And I can't tell you why certain things happen to certain people. Some people, it seems like, go through more adversity than others. I can't explain that to you. But what I know in my own life and just, you know, going from one situation to the next um, and watching people I love suffer, and it was hard. I mean, I went through 10 years where I thought, I, I don't even know. You know, Lord, I know you're here with me. That's about all I knew was that God was with me. And it took me a while to discover that. When my mom got so sick, um, that was just hard because she, you know, began to slowly slip away. And the disease that she had affected her brain. And then not long after that was when my husband got sick and then he was gone. And then, you know, my dad... And, and so it was like going from one heartbreak to the next. And I felt like I hardly had time to catch my breath. But I really struggled with the why when mom got so sick. And the real question was, could I trust God if I never got the answer to that question? You know, the other side of the coin, when we're talking about a coin, is power. Power to do grace, and this is number three, grace is the desire and power to do what is right or what God tells you to do. His grace enables us, enables is the word, to, to do things we cannot do in our own strength. Whatever you're going through right now, I just want to say you have what it takes because you have grace. God's grace is there. His power to do something that you may not think you can handle or do. I was thinking about it as I was driving over here and just praying about the lesson. And the date came to me 
is October, it's October 5th today. And it was 13 years ago at this time um, that I was watching tumors grow on the man I loved. And he died on October the 8th. So this week, you know, as I've reflected and as it's coming, you know, coming up on the anniversary of his death, I was thinking about that. And I was just, you know, the days you just don't forget. It's just not anything you forget. And I thought, Lord, how did I do that? I literally do not know, but it was your grace that helped me to get through that difficult time. And I can tell you too, it was his grace. Um, Some of you have heard the story, some of you may not, but I went down to the Civic Center. I the night or the afternoon that the um, situation happened here in Uvalde. And when I walked in the room, when I got there and they said, we want you to go in this room. And I told them I had a ministry to people in grief. They said, we want you to go in this room. We're about to talk to the parents. And I said, okay. And when they opened the door to the room and I went in and the room was much bigger than I, I thought. I don't know what I thought at that point, but it was, it was big. There were a lot of people. And you could feel the anxiety and you could feel the grief in the room. And I had to literally take a step back. And I I just said, Lord, this is big. This is bigger than I thought. And I just felt the Lord say, he said, you're called to the brokenhearted. You know, I heal broken hearts. Now go do what I ask you to do. And it was that point that I picked up the grace of God that was available and out of sheer obedience, walked and did it. God will give you the strength you need. And I know that was the strength of God. That was not Kathleen in any form or fashion. That was the strength of God. And literally taking his hand and walking family to family. Number four, grace is the empowering presence of God in me that enables me to become all that he created me to be. It enables me to become the person that he's called you and me to be. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And grace to me is another word, I think, is just his presence. Just I have tried to cultivate a lifestyle of just being more aware of his presence throughout the day. It's not just to get up in the morning, say a prayer, go on with your day. The presence of God surrounds us, the Bible says. It surrounds us. I think so many times we're just not aware of it. And so I want to encourage you, just as you go through this week, to just say, Lord, just make me aware of your presence. Help me to feel your presence. And as we tap into his presence, that's where we find grace to do things. That's where we find grace for difficult people. Does anybody have difficult people in your life? Just a few, maybe. You don't have to give me their names. But, you know, sometimes you need grace just to be around certain people. Oh, my goodness. I got tickled. (laughs) I'm not talking about y'all, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay, but there have been times in my life, (laughs) 
Laughter's good, girls. It's good. There have been many times in my life I've known what the right thing is to do. However, I just didn't feel like doing it. I'm just being gut level honest with you. Have you ever known the right thing to do, but you're like, not feeling it? You know, just not feeling it. I think I might go the other way, you know? Um, yeah, this girl has been there. That is for sure. But um, I remember showing up at a party one time, and there was somebody there that had really, really hurt and betrayed me. And I showed up to have a good time, and all of a sudden, I was face-to-face, and I was like, I don't think I have the grace for this. That is literally what I said to myself. And I excused myself because I was trying to gather myself together and figure out how to gracefully get out of the situation. But the Lord just said, my grace is there for you. I will give you the grace as you walk with me. And sometimes grace is putting just one step in front of the other out of obedience. It is. But I can tell you grace did show up for me. And I really, in that situation, do you see the correlation when we call on the power of God to help us? When we ask God for the strength, he promises that. Now let's look at Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. When I found this scripture, and I found this a few years back, Man, it really did speak to me. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. I read that and I was like, oh my word. Hit me, you know, like a two by four right between the head. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be there. And I had to really think about that scripture and I was like, Okay, Lord, that means that we're looking to, when we, your grace is there for us each and every day. Your grace is there. But if we're looking to other things to help us, we're forfeiting the grace. You know, if you forfeit a ball game or you forfeit, you don't even show up. You don't even show up. And to me, too, what God spoke to me was that he said, there are things, Kathleen, you're doing in your own strength, and they're wearing you out versus coming to me because there's grace. Don't forfeit your grace. My grace is there. It's in abundance. It's always there. Don't forfeit the grace that could be yours. Sometimes we can put our own strength, our own abilities, our own talents ahead instead of drawing on God's grace and strength day to day. You know, an idol can be anything we put before our love for God. It can be a person. It can be a relationship. It can be our spouse, our child. Another idol might be your job or your hobby. It can be an addiction, money, a house or a car. All these things are good, but but become an idol when we put them before our love and our worship of God. And oftentimes we don't realize we've made something into an idol. I, uh, the thing that one of the things that the Lord showed me one time is that how I'd made my husband an idol. 
I had put him on a pedestal and I looked to him to make me happy. I looked to him for this. I looked to him for that. I looked for him to tell me I was pretty. I looked to, I looked to him as a young woman for so many things. And I think that when the Lord showed me that, he said, you've made him an idol. I was like, you know, what immediately came to my mind was in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And he talks about, you know, just idols. And there was a lot of idol worship back in those days. I think there's still idol worship today. It just looks different. It just looks different. And I immediately repented. And you know what happened? Things began to change in our relationship when I, when I took him off of that place and put God ahead of that and began to look to God for my identity, God for my affirmation, God for everything that I need. So I didn't have that in my notes, but maybe somebody needed to hear that today. Um, but back to grace. I think so many times we forfeit God's grace, just not realizing it's there. And we have to pick it up and we have to use it. I was recently talking to a young man and he was recovering from an alcohol addiction. And as he was sharing his story with me, I told him about that scripture that I just read in Jonah. And he wholeheartedly agreed. He agreed, he said, you know, Alcohol and drugs were an idol. And he said, I spent too much time forfeiting the grace of God to quit the addiction that had set me back. And again, the word forfeit means to not even show up for the game. You know, there's playing a game and you might lose, but then there's, there's not even showing up for it. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, let's read what it says about grace. It says, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. That word sufficient means enough. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You know, it's sometimes when we're at our weakest that we, we recognize and we say, Lord, I'm at my weakest. We all like to be independent, self-sufficient, take care of ourselves, kind of people. And there's sometimes that... It's in our weakness when we go to the Lord. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. I have that. A dear friend gave me a little plaque, and it's uh, calligraphy. And I have it. I have it in my house. Uh, it's actually in my, my home in Kerrville. And it sits right there in the bathroom because, you know, that's where I go a lot. So <laughs> washing my hands, it's right by my sink in there. And it reminds me throughout the day that, my grace is sufficient for you, Kathleen, whatever it is you're looking at. His grace doesn't run out. It's got an endless supply. It's not going to get caught up in the supply chain. You know, it's, that's not it. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And I think, you know, it's in those times when we're weak. We don't like to be weak because it makes us feel a little inadequate or vulnerable. And um, I had a little eye surgery this last week, and um, my friend Kathy was very gracious and drove me down. I had to have somebody take me down to have it, bring me back. 
uh, the next day I had to have somebody drive me down, bring me back. And you know, that's, we all like to take care of ourselves, but sometimes it's in that weakness that we see the kindness and goodness of the Lord and a friends that are willing to help in our time of need. But his grace is there. His grace to me too. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I was outside and, and has your own shadow ever startled you sometimes? And I was watering plants, but you know, I'm always kind of looking around, scanning the horizon, you know, just being aware of, of the situation with the immigrants, you know, coming over like they do. So I'm always kind of scanning around because, you know, it's kind of uh, isolated where I am. And my shadow, you know, I could see my, my shadow. I turned, turned, and when I turned, I, I was almost startled by my shadow. Grace is like our shadow. It follows us around. It follows us around each day. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This indicates we need to humble ourselves instead of trying to do everything in our own strength. And I think especially for women, we have a lot on our plates. You know, we have a whole lot that we're trying to manage and balance. And it's a way God created us, I think. But I think even throughout your day, it's important for you and for me to turn to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I need your grace to discipline this child. You know, I need your grace to get everything done on my to-do list. I need your grace and your strength and your power to help me. God's grace is waiting for you and me. And it's a tremendous gift. Number five in your notes, Jesus was full of grace and truth. And since we are made in his image, we can be full of grace and truth also. So what does this mean on an everyday scale? Well, for me, it began by realizing it was his desire. And one of my prayers is, Lord, fill me with your grace and your truth today. Fill me with your grace and your truth. And sometimes, have you ever, you just don't know, something's just not quite right. You're not quite sure what it is, but you just kind of sense it. One of the things that, um, <laughs> one of the things that, that because Jesus is full of grace and truth, and we read that, we can ask him for that grace and truth. And one day my husband was telling me just something when that was going on in business and he was going on and on about it, and I was listening, and I thought, God, don't know a whole lot about this, but something's not adding up to me. Something's not adding up. And uh, I just looked at him, and I said, I don't know, but I said, something's not adding up. I'm going to pray for God to reveal truth. God is a God of truth. So I said, I'm going to pray that. And he was like, well, okay, you know, and he kind of muttered and went on about his day. I really took that seriously. I was like, Lord, something's not adding up. I'm asking you to reveal truth in this situation. And it was interesting. Um, about four or five days later, he called me up. He goes, hey, you got a minute? And I was like, sure. He said, uh, you know that prayer you've been praying 
for God to reveal truth, he said, you need to stop. He said, I've got so much truth. I found out this employee stealing from us. I found out this is going on. I found out this. He said, I can't handle any more truth right now. <laughs> but you know what? He knows that works <laughs> at that. And so then we needed grace to help us handle the truth. And so sometimes we need the grace of God to help us handle the truth about our situation. We can walk around in denial. We can pretend it didn't happen. But it's his grace that enables us to handle the truth at time. But if there's ever you feel a check, you're not quite sure. Maybe you don't know what's quite going on in a situation. That's okay. Just take it to the Lord because he's full of truth. And in the right time, he'll reveal truth to you. I loved it when I found out that Jesus was full of grace and truth. There was a time, and I remember standing in church one day, and um, we were singing a worship song. And, you know, sometimes when we're in the presence of the Lord like that, and the worship was just really powerful that day, but I could... All of a sudden, there was just a situation that came to mind, and it was something that had really hurt my heart in a time that I was really vulnerable in, in that time. And as I was singing that day at church, the tears were just rolling down my, my face, and I had been studying this scripture and studying about grace. And the Lord, I was just standing there just worshiping, and I had my hands out like this, and the Lord said, your hands are full of grace and truth. Now pull that grace and truth to your heart because my grace is here for you in your in your weakness. I felt so weak because I was standing there crying. But you know what? I was coming face to face with what had really happened and the tears began to roll and that was okay because the Lord wanted to heal that space in my heart. But God's grace engulfed me, and I felt the love. I felt the love that began to just dissipate the pain. I had a woman one day that came up to me, and she, uh, um, it was not long after that, that I, that story that I just shared about pulling grace and truth to my heart. And she came, she called me up, she said, do you have some time? I said, yeah, I do. And she said, uh, I need to talk to you about something. I said, okay. And she had just found out or discovered that her husband had been having an affair. And she was feeling lonely. She was not knowing what to do next. Um, she was feeling rejected, abandoned, unloved. And... You know, embracing the truth of her husband's actions and her feelings were hard in that moment. And so I listened for a, a, a good while to her and, and I said, you know, I'm just going to pray for you right now. And as I began to pray for her, I asked God, and this was just the Holy Spirit. This wasn't Kathleen. I asked God, Lord, what can I say that can help? and bring comfort to her in this situation. And I felt like the Lord said, ask her to ask me to reveal truth, my truth to her 
about who she is. So I said, you know, I just began to pray and I said, Lord, reveal your truth and just show this woman, Lord, how you feel about her in this moment, in this situation. And I just sat quietly because I wanted the Holy Spirit to speak to her. I didn't want to speak anything to her at that moment. And I just prayed over her quietly while she just sat there. And when she opened her eyes, I said, did God show you anything? And she said, yeah. She showed me that I am loved by him. I don't feel loved by my husband, but I am loved by him. He showed me that he's with me right here. She said, it's like I saw a picture of him here with, you know, um, right beside me. And he showed me how precious and dear I was to him. She wasn't getting those things in, from her husband. And she was having to embrace the reality of a hard truth. But the Lord was right there for her. I want to challenge you to just ask the Lord in whatever your situation is. It might be sickness with a loved one. It might be difficulty with a child. It might be a bad diagnosis. It might be, I don't know what your situation might be. But ask God for the grace that you need. And ask him for truth. Sometimes we can lie to ourselves and we need God to reveal truth to us in situations. The more I've studied the word grace, the more I've fallen in love with it. And I learned that there were a lot of adjectives about the word grace. It tells us in scripture, and you'll have some scriptures to read in your homework, his abundant grace. And this is in your notes. Let's see. Abundant grace. Sufficient grace. The riches of his grace. I'm going to say those again. These are the adjectives that I found describing grace. Abundant grace. That means more than enough. Sufficient. That means enough. The riches of his grace. You know, grace is like, for me, when I began to understand it, it was like discovering a hidden treasure of his grace. And then confident grace. And then I found surpassing grace. Surpassing means, you know, incomparable, outstanding and that's the kind of grace God gives. Hebrews 4.16 is a common scripture. It says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You don't have to approach God sinking back, running maybe or perhaps, you know, maybe the devil's trying to tell you, yeah, but that's sin. You can't go to God. He doesn't have grace for you. That's, that's not true. He does. It says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 tells us, it says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, 
you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. And 1 Peter 1, 2 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Grace is ours and it's there in abundance. But again, it's picking it up. It's using it every day. And there's no short supply. You might be sitting there thinking, yeah, I need grace for this and this and this and this person and that person and, you know, this family member and um, my in-laws, my outlaws, you know, all of those things. His grace is sufficient. And as I wrap up, I want to read 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. It says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You and I have grace for every situation we face, each and every situation. And we have a God-given right because of the grace of God to walk. And we have power to do things that we cannot do in and of ourselves. Maybe you're sitting there at work and you got a problem you can't figure it out. Your boss is breathing down your neck. You've got a deadline. His grace is there. And I want to close with a quote from um, Graham Cook. Um, and he says, There are no more good days or bad days, just days of grace. You might want to write that down. There are no more good days or bad days, just days of grace. Some days you need his grace to get through. And other days, he just pours it out on you. Each and every day is a day of grace. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. For abundant grace, surpassing grace, sufficient grace. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you that we can approach your throne of grace for help in our time of weakness. God, forgive us where we've taken credit for things. Lord, have simply been your grace. And Father, help us to hold hands with your grace and your truth, and thank you that you sent Jesus, who was full of grace and truth, and Lord, that we're made in your image, and we too can be full of grace and truth. So tap us on the shoulder, remind us throughout the day to turn things over to you, to pause and just give them to you, because your grace is abundant and sufficient. Lord, that our eyes are opened and we have no more good days or bad days. We just have days of grace. Bless each one listening. Help them, Lord, in the places that they need your grace to be poured out in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey friends, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to um, just listen to this. Let me encourage you to practice what you learned. And um, I just pray God's rich, rich blessings on your life. Feel free to share this, this message with a friend that you might know that needs it. And I hope you'll join me next week. Don't forget to check me out on social media. Um, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you next week.